Hey guys, welcome to Dream Stories. This is Michael French, and along with my wife, Elisa, we're going to spend some time talking about dreams and dream interpretation. We're looking forward to sharing some of our dream stories with you. So hang out, and let's see what happens. Hey guys, welcome to Dream Stories. We're going to be talking about dreams. This is Michael and my wife, Elisa. Hello. Sitting around the table. Our podcast table. Our podcast table. It's taking up our... (laughs) Dining room area. Yeah, it's our podcast area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No more breakfast nook. For those who are listening and have actually been in our podcast area, they'll know exactly what we're talking they do. about. They do. It's true. It's true. So, but it's it's fun to talk about things and, and talk about dreams in particular. I love doing that. You know that. Yeah, I, I spend, do too. I spend a lot of time traveling all over the world doing that. You love talking about dreams? I love having dreams. You do love having dreams. You have lots of dreams. I'm a dreamer. That's the reason we're doing this. Is that why you just had a very long blank stare when you <laughs> said that? <laughs> well, when 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 you live with some of you will be able to relate to this. When you live with a person who has four, five, six dreams in a night, and you interpret dreams as part of what you do for a living, in in, in the sense of what you know, I don't work full time in a secular job, but this is what I do. Uh, as part of what I do. Uh, you find your mornings to be very interesting times. Well, what is it they say? The cobbler's children never have shoes. So the master dream interpreter's wife never gets her dreams interpreted. Interpreter? I love that made-up word you've done there. Hey, I'm going fully Southern today. Fully Southern because you're an interpreter. Well, if people love Southern accents, they'll appreciate it. But I do understand the pernect. Pernet, <laughs> pronunciation. The pronet pronunciation <laughs> is interpretate, interpretate, or <laughs> no, it's an OR instead of, instead of an ER. This is a whole new podcast. We're just going to yeah. make up words. That's right. Uh, it's, it's, this is a, this, welcome to the Creative Word Podcast. I'm going to, I'm already silly. This is mine. <laughs> well, you know, I'm seriously though, you will get up in the morning with, three, four, five dreams, and and I have to sit there in bed and wait for you to go, oh, oh, just wait a minute. It's coming to me. It's coming to me. <laughs> and you're running to the shower. And I try and leave as quickly as possible. You know, I mean, sometimes I feel that they're so important that if I don't say them, I will forget them. And there is a truth in that, even if you don't interpret them for me. There is a, some truth in, you know, that if you don't say them or write them down, they escape you very quickly, don't they? Well, yeah. Some people say dreams are written in disappearing ink, and it really is true. It's one of the things why when we're teaching on dreams, we talk to people about, you know, keeping dream journals, writing down the dreams, because it's really easy to forget a dream. And... um but what about for someone like me who dreams four or five dreams a night sometimes? Sometimes for me, it's, I feel like it's a daunting task to have to try to write them all down. But I do get revelation when I either write them down or I record them. So what I'm finding that works for me is using my little recorder. Yeah, tape recording them is similar to writing them down. Mm-hmm. It keeps them fresh. It, it allows you to remember pieces. But, you know, things will come back to your memory when you go back and read that or listen to that later. Things will come back to your memory that you didn't even remember when you wrote it down. Or just revelation. It's just like I was sharing a dream with you the other day that I'd had. And in the dream, I'm a big fan. I used to watch Downton Abbey. 
And in the dream, the Lord of one of the the Lord of one of the manors was in my dream. But I wasn't thinking of, of that particular part of my dream as it being the Lord. So as I'm reciting the dream, I said, I was thinking to myself, I was wrestling, should I write down this particular detail? Because it was the guy who was the Lord in the in Downton Abbey. And I was like, should I write? That's not important. And then it was like, wait a minute. Oh, well, he was the Lord. It was the Lord talking to me. And he was specifically saying, what do you want? And I was able to tell him what I wanted. So it was clearly the Lord. But I almost missed that small little detail. But it totally blew me away in the dream once I unraveled that one little detail. And it was because I re- recited it out loud on my little recorder. You know, that that makes two or three really good points for people who want to learn about interpreting dreams. And, and one of them being write your dream down record it, whatever it may be, because it will spark things mm-hmm. when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. It'll help you remember it, but it also sparks things and lets, you know, God speak yeah, uh, because in I, a fresh way. Yeah, because I almost said, this man walked up to me in the dream. Yep. I didn't think that one little detail was important, but it was. Yeah, but when you're telling somebody the dream, for women in particular, I don't mean this badly, no, but I do okay. think it's true. It's women true. are detail-oriented. We are. And telling me as your husband the dream you needed to explain who that guy was. And so in doing yeah. that, yeah. it sparked what he represented. And that's one of the other good points here out of this is we could get so caught up in what the guy was doing, right. what he was saying, what he was, what he was wearing, what color was his hair, Where what was color he was standing? his eyes. And all those things could oh, have I meaning. I could go into great detail into all of it. Yeah, And, and every one of them could have meaning. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it's, it's, it, there's usually only one little piece mm-hmm. that is significant that kind of unlocks something in the dream. And in this case, it was, we talk about when people are in dreams, some of the questions you ask, you know, do you know them? Do you not know them? Do you see a face? Do you not notice a face? Uh, all those things have meaning, and we'll, maybe we can talk about the, yeah. those details yeah. at some point. But, but in this case, what had meaning was his position. Right. He was Lord of the Manor. Right. And and so he was the Lord. Right. And that that plays out a couple of different ways. His position actually identified who he was, and said to you. This is who showed up in your dream, so you need to pay attention to what he was saying to you. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't need tons of interpretation beyond mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. because then what he had said, what he was speaking, what he was doing, became instruction. Yeah, it kind of unraveled the whole dream for me, and it, it totally took the mystery out of it. But I call them nuggets. Yeah, I tell people look for two or three nuggets in the dream. What really stands out to you? Now, he stood out to me, but I didn't know. So, again, it's through that recording. Sometimes things unravel. Holy Spirit unravels as you're you're writing down that particular part of the dream. So, Well, and, and this gets back to one of the things we've talked about before, but maybe is a good reminder for people, and that is it's real easy to get so caught up in the details you don't get the message. Yeah, and, I, you know, you and I, we've done a lot of dream interpretation, probably hundreds if not thousands of dreams throughout the, you know, 15, 18, 20 years we've been doing them. And um, you 
you can get caught. I'm a female and I love detail. I mean, my family tells me all the time, look, just get to the, get to the point. You know, you're giving us too much detail, but sometimes detail sets the stage for something. But if you went to a play and watched a play on the stage, you know, if you say a woman walks out in a beautiful red dress, that's probably true. You know, all that's true. But do you want to go into every single detail about how many trees there were on the stage, what color the trees were painted, what color the trunk was painted? You know, there were animals here, there were animals there. You might just want to say it was a forest scene, you know, and there were animals. But you could go into great detail about those scenes. But sometimes something may stand out to you. What if one of the trees in the play began to walk and talk? That would be an important aspect. Or so, one of the trees had bright red leaves and all the other trees had green leaves. Right. You know, those, things, th- those things pop in yeah. some fashion, particularly as you learn to trust that you can, you can just tell the story. That's mm-hmm. you know, Just share the story of the dream. And let the important pieces arise instead of trying to dig them out. And I think one of the things why people get caught up in it is when we have taught classes in the past, we have taught and we broke the dream down. It's kind of like you break the dream down to build it back up. But you break it down to find the nuggets that you need. But a lot of times people get so lost in the in the little particulars of it that they they lose sight of the whole the big picture. Well, and, and, you know, I tell people all the time, I would much rather interpret a person on the street's dream than I had um, to interpret somebody I go to church with, mm-hmm. interpret their dream. Why? Because sort of Christian spiritual uh, folks, pe- th- th- they who are open to the idea that God might speak to them through a dream, they have these epic dreams, these novels. You know, you say, did you write it down? Yeah, I wrote it down. And they pull out eight pages of, of single-spaced, handwritten, both sides of the page mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, God, please. I know. It's just too much. Yeah. Especially when you're doing them back-to-back. You can just go, oh. I mean, it can be okay every once in a while when you just got one and you hadn't done one in months. But even those, those are really hard. That's yep. why we teach people to do it, isn't it, sometimes? Well, it is, because you can still do a dream when it's lengthy mm-hmm. like that, but the bottom line is there's probably only two or three points in that dream that give you the meaning. It's true. You don't need the eight pages. They may have to share the eight pages so you can pull out those three or four points, mm-hmm. but you probably only need two or three points. And we call those big dreams sometimes epic dreams, you know, because they're just so long, or chapter dreams, or a book dream, they're just really long. Why would, if God is the one who is giving us the dream or he's inspiring the dream, why would it need to be a book? Maybe it's because the Lord wants you to pay attention to it. (laughs) You know, if it goes on and on and on or it repeats itself, it's recurring. The Lord may be saying, hey, pay attention to this dream. I made it really long because you needed it to be long for it to grab your attention, right? Yeah, you, you may needed it to be long for it to grab your attention. And I just think one of the other things is people who are, listen, if you... If you find a series of books that you like, for example, one of our sons uh, loves Star Wars, Mm -hmm. and he does not want to pick up a Star Wars short story and read it. He wants to read everything that has ever been written, every novel, all the trivia, 
all the movie production notes. He wants to read everything about mm-hmm. it because his heart is for it. He loves it. Yeah. And so he reads everything he can get on it. Yeah. And it's that way about spiritual things too. A person who wants to hear, a person who has an interest in it, they're open to it and they're looking for every little piece they can, not realizing that sometimes that can actually be a hindrance to getting the message, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget, you probably remember one of the one of the most significant dreams that I ever interpreted was out on the street from somebody who didn't think dreams were that important. Right. That they weren't a big deal. Right. And he had a very short dream. And it was a very teachable dream for all of us, wasn't it? Yeah. After you got it. For me and for him and for everybody. Uh, you know, we were um, we were actually at a big music festival in Birmingham, uh, Alabama, uh, where we're based. And uh, they used to have this big city stages event. They called it big citywide event. They closed down part of downtown and mm-hmm. and blocked off the streets and had all these you know, musical acts come in. And they would set up booths with um, food vendors and product sales and all sorts of stuff. And we would go down to and take a ten by ten space. And we were all of us were learning about dream interpretation at that time and just have a place to practice. Just put up a big sign that said "Free Dream Interpretation." Yeah, I remember. I remember church kind of people crossing the street to stay away from us because they thought we were really weird. Yes. <laughs> well, we live in the South, the Bible Belt, so that was a very strange thing for people. It was, and you know what? Now that I think about it, this, was actually before we started doing the booths. We were just walking around. We just the cold turkey. Yeah, and just would go we up. We were somebody cold and say, calling people. Cold call, yeah. <laughs> we we just walk up to people and say, "Hey, do you had a dream with you'd like for us to interpret?" And and oh my goodness, this group of kids, I guess they were high school kids. Um, they were like football players and cheerleaders, and they were not little bitty football players. They were like the the lineman, you know, 240 pounds, six feet tall, you know, the, the maybe 300 pound guys, you know, the, this big guys, bigger than you, a whole lot bigger yeah. than me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were not overweight, but intimidating. Like if you, if you made yeah. them mad, it would be something where you would oh, say, I, I would want to run. No, you yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. You'd want to be careful with it. And, and we walked up, the boldness that I had to walk up to those kids, I look back on now and say that could only be God because there's no way I do that. Yeah. <laughs> it normally. Right. Uh, but we went up and said, hey, anybody have a dream you'd like to have interpreted? And I'll never forget, the first one was not not the, the dream we're talking about. The first one of the kids looks at me and says, something I get from time to time, he says, yeah, I want to be a professional basketball player. And what did you think, your first impression? I thought, how do you explain to him that's not the kind of dream you're talking about? Yeah. He's I mean, talking cause, about cause his dreams He was talking about life. his dreams, and that was important to him. Yeah. And, and really, that required me just to be kind with saying, you know, and so I didn't just say, well, you know, that's not what we're looking for. We talked, we talked for a minute about how awesome that was. I said, now, what I was really asking about was, you know, like a dream like you have at night. Right. And I don't know that anybody, any of them were thrilled with it, but this one big guy, I mean, he may have been the biggest one of the of the guys standing there. He 
you know, just as they're getting ready to leave and sort of the cheerleaders making fun a little bit, you know how kids are, high school kids can be in a city. They were sort mm-hmm. of poking fun and whatnot. And the one guy says, well, I got one. And I'll never forget, he looks me straight in the eye. And I said, so tell me your dream. And he says, I dreamed I was being slapped in the face with biscuits. <laughs> And for those of you who are listening who are not from the South or not from this country, a biscuit would be it's a piece of bread. Will you describe it? Well, I mean, a, or a maybe keep going and then you can. Biscuit's describe it. a biscuit. I don't know. It's, it's it, important. It's, to yeah, me. yeah, it, it is. It's 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 an important staple of breakfast food in the South. Yes, it's um, tradition, a traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and a and a uh, um, it's like a small muffin. Uh, bread muffin, basically, because yeah. most people wouldn't know what a muffin a is. Scone a, a scone that's not sweet. And, yeah, yeah, a scone if you're in Europe. Yep. So at any rate, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? Where do you go with that? I've never read anything, never been taught anything that prepared me for being slapped in the face with biscuits. So when we're when we're teaching, and and not only. Is this the weirdest dream I've ever heard? But I've got a group of three or four people who I'm supposed to be teaching about dream interpretation who are there to watch me interpret dreams. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of joking. I'm more than kind of. On a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Definitely <laughs> choking. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have no idea. What do you do with this? And this this young man is very serious and he's waiting on an answer. And so when, when we're teaching and talking about, it, we'll tell people, say, okay, if, if you're struggling, stall for time. And, and, and I really do mean that serious. Yeah. It's, it's not it's stall not for time because you're just trying to put things off. It's give yourself an opportunity to listen, yeah. to let God help you understand because dream interpretation is not about formulas. It's about hearing Holy spirit. It's about hearing the Spirit of God. It's about hearing your Creator speak to you and open up something to you. And so one of the techniques we teach for um, stalling is to repeat the dream to the dreamer because it gives them value. You're listening to them. You actually heard him. So what do you do? You repeat the dream. So you dreamed you were being slapped in the face with biscuits. Yep. That the whole dream? Yep. Whole thing. What do you do? You're still stuck. And uh, I'll, I'll, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm at a complete loss. I'm thinking we're just done here. We've we've blown any chance of having impact on these young men and women because I have no clue where to even start. And, and you get nervous sometimes when you get in that place and you're sitting there and you feel like you have to produce something, don't you, sometimes? You do. And that's where you have to be really careful. And you're kind of panicking. It's like crickets or cr- you're hearing that cricket noise in the background. Yeah. And you don't need to try and produce something. Yeah. I mean, it's okay and, to and say, the truth is, it's okay to say, I don't know. know. And in, in this case, I tried one more technique, so to speak, to, to say, um, you know, can we can we figure this out and ask a question? So only question that could come to my mind, you'd have to be from the <laughs> South. You truly, you have to be from the South to fully appreciate this, but most of you can probably get it. I looked the young man straight in the eye and I said, the only thing that came to mind, 
Were they canned or homemade? <laughs> hey, listen, that's some serious stuff in the South. Now, look, I love me some, some canned biscuits. I love oh, but Mama's homemade biscuits. I are, love me some canned biscuits, but mm-hmm. you cannot beat a Mama's homemade biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. And, and it's a very, you know, so it can be almost offensive if you go into a restaurant and they're not serving. If they make handmade biscuits, they usually do well in yeah. the South, don't they? Yep. Yep. And, you know, you would expect the guy to at least think about it for a second, but I'm still not catching a break because immediately, without thinking, are they canned or homemade? Homemade. Mm-hmm. He, he knew, knew. He knew. It was important to him. Right. He was being slapped in the face with homemade biscuits, and immediately I knew what the dream meant. Oh, that's awesome. It was just really crazy. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, I said, I said, you're having issues with your mother, and it's time to deal with them. Mm. And this big guy starts to cry, mm. and tears rolling down his cheeks, and he's weeping there on the side of the road in front of all these football buddies and all these cheerleaders, mm. and you know that God was talking to him. Right. This wasn't about interpreting a dream. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about me saying something to him. That was nothing but God saying to him he needed to get things right with his mama. Yeah, and when we were being taught, you know, how do you know if you have a dream interpretation right? Many times, not always, but many times it's by the reaction that you see when you give it to them, especially when it, it means something to them, you know, and it Holy Spirit goes in to kind of just nail them, you know, and yeah. you see it. It's a beautiful thing when you see it. Yeah, so that could have been life-changing for him. You know, I mean, go home, make things right with your mama. You know, get things right with your mama. You need to pray about your relationship with your mama. So that's why we can use this as a tool sometimes, can't we? We can. And we don't always know the rest of the story. You know, Paul Harvey used to say, and now for the rest of the story. Some of the folks listening to this today don't even know who Paul Harvey is. So, so, uh, but, but. You know, Google Paul Harvey, just listen to some of this. <laughs> the rest of the story. We don't know the rest of the we story. We don't. And, it, and that's something I have to come to grips with. I know that dream impacted him, but I don't have to know. It's not for me to know. I don't have to be a part of the rest of that story. And we that's don't his always, story. That's right. And we don't always know, you know, when we're letting our light shine to other believers or non-believers for that matter, we don't always know the difference that it may make in their life. Our only responsibility is to be obedient. If God wants to let us see some of the things that maybe our life has had an impact on somebody, even then we should still be humble when we do see it, you know? So, you know, I get it. It's something that you just were doing what we were training, we were learning, and we were practicing, and, and God let us have a wonderful experience. And that is one of our... It's one of our staples when we go out and teach people is that dream experience or that experience you had interpreting someone's dream. And that guy's guy's emotional response told us he received the dream. But there are times you don't get any response from people either. That's right. Sometimes you're doing a dream and people won't show any kind of response. It may be how they were raised or just they're holding it in. And then sometimes you'll get people say, oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. When maybe they go home and God begins to work on them and go, oh, yeah. I'm going to let you dream this three more times and you'll see this is exactly what I was telling you. So, you know, I, I, I do dreams and I do a lot of dreams out in public settings on the street at events and things like that. And I, I don't make any bones about telling people I'm a Christian. I may be different from most of the Christians you've been around, but I'm a Christian and dreams are spiritual. 
And sometimes you get challenged by that. And I remember another time out on the street when a guy knew I was a Christian and he really just wanted to challenge me. We had a debate over where dreams came from. He said the dreams came from inside yourself, and I said they came from outside. So he he was psychological and I I was spiritual. And uh, we had an argument. He didn't believe in God, and we had just a debate, not an argument. And I remember asking, I I remember saying to him, it was a weird situation, but I remember saying to him, I said, why don't you tell me your dream, and we'll see. Because if your dream is totally internal, and his point was there was no way I could know what his dream meant because it was internal, only he could know. So if your dream's totally internal, then there's no way for me to know what it means. But if your dream comes from outside of you, and I know the person who gave you the dream, then the person who gave you the dream can tell me what the dream means, and you'll know that the person who gave you the dream's real. Mm. And he told me the dream. I don't remember the whole dream. Now, I wish I did. It was a cool dream that, that had to do with a, a call of God on his life in, in, in influencing people. He told me the dream, and I gave him the interpretation. I don't Again, I don't remember now the specifics of the interpretation, but I gave him the interpretation, and he looked at me as deadpan as you could be, and he said, Nope, doesn't mean a thing. And I know, I know, <laughs> it meant something. Yeah. Luckily, I got some confirmation it meant something because his girlfriend was with him, and she slaps him on the back of the head and says, "You're crazy. You know, you just told me that's what that dream meant." Mm. He just didn't want to admit it. Right. So if she hadn't been there, I'd have never known that that dream had impact on him, but it had to. Yeah, so sometimes we, you know, we ignore the things that we don't want to look at, you know, and so he already knew, but then it was too embarrassing for him to do it in front of people. So, you know, we don't don't chase people down like we used to to try to interpret dreams. When we first started, we we were really challenged to go and do outreach and try to do this, and it was great, and I'm not saying we still shouldn't do that. But it's funny how as you grow and mature in your ability and your confidence in doing it, it kind of just comes your way and you have many more opportunities. One of the things um, I I remember um, our mentor teaching us, one of our mentors was, it's better to be asked for your opinion about something and what you think about something or what the meaning of something is than to try to force that on someone because it'll it'll carry more weight. So sometimes we'll just be talking to people and say, hey, they'll say, what do you do? And you go, well, I'm a, I do public speaking or, you know, if you're I'm a motivational speaker, I'm a motivational speaker. And they'll go, well, I'm what? What do you talk on? You say, I, I, I do dreams. And so and that'll open the door for people just to begin to share their dreams with you. And, and we interpret dreams that way. So we don't encourage oh. arguing with people when they're you know no. we, we were learning and, and and had didn't have a whole lot of experience but, but it was a great it was a great experience and, and it was more of a debate so yeah. well, even there it yeah. wasn't an argument but but it's times and seasons there was a time and season that we needed to pursue learning and trying and practicing mm-hmm. i love the fact hebrews five fourteen. if you're a christian the bible the uh, hebrew scriptures the Hebrews 5.14 says, uh, Solid food is those who by reason of use have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And basically that scripture just says practice. Yeah. And we did do that. Grow by practicing. Yeah, that's true. So let's practice just a second. If if we could uh, culturally 
look at that dream and and see um, what it would mean in a if that was an Italian mother who slapped her son instead of with biscuits with sausage. I mean, it would, could still mean it the would same change. thing, it, but it still could mean. You know, there's a relationship issue with your mom. I mean, you could look at the, you know. The symbols would change. Yeah. But the context of both the dream and the person's environment would keep the meaning very similar. Yeah, you're right. If it if it's if it's an Italian mother with sausage, it might be a southern mother, it's biscuits with, you know, I, I don't know. What, I was just thinking how we could change that, that particular part of it to help people get an understanding of how. Sometimes culturally, you know, things like that make a difference, you know? I yeah. mean, it could, it could help shine light on something when you go, oh, this may be a cultural thing. It's not necessarily um, that, that a biscuit always means this because some people don't even have biscuits in their culture. So, you know, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's where we pick up. We sort of break here and pick up on cultural differences with dreams for uh, the next episode. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by our podcast. If you like what you're hearing, if you want to hear more episodes like this and support us, then stop by our website at www.patriamin.com and click on the donate button. Once again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.